Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Peacock streaming the world's biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56 and the 2022 Winter Olympics. Peacock original Bel Air from executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Damn! Plus tons of new movies every week, including Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock, Valentine's Day. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com. From Cavalry Audio comes the new true crime podcast, The Shadow Girls. I grew up near the banks of the Green River and in the shadow of the killer that bears its name. Prosecutors described him as a serial killer savant. But this podcast isn't only about tracking down the killer. It's about the victims. We stayed in the woods. He always liked to go to the woods. Listen to The Shadow Girls on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tiger Woods underwent surgery following a dangerous car crash. People are explaining how they get back at rude customers and the tactics they use are pretty inventive. And we're talking with Eric Gumney about the Netflix series Crime Scene, Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. It's February 24th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Zach Stafford. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Zach, can I tell you about what my anxiety spiral of the day is? And also know that it's the morning, so... Could you imagine if I said no, Casey? Like how much you would spiral more? So no, you can and unfold the spiral for me. Okay. So, you know, when I'm not podcasting, I write for BuzzFeed.com. And uh, once a month, I write up what's coming to Netflix and what's leaving Netflix. And I was watching Netflix's trailer and there is a new reality TV show called Marriage or Mortgage. And there's a real estate agent and a wedding planner, and they compete to see which couple is going to spend their savings on either a wedding or a mortgage. Zach, I'm obsessed. help me. Capitalism <laughs> is unchecked. It's wild. Like, it's after running like, the streets. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe it. And also that those are like, it truly is like, those are the, those are the two options. Those are the two genders. Zach. Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Why do you have to choose Either, I don't get it. I need to watch the trailer. Because my, my advice would be, if you have to make this choice, maybe reconsider what you're doing right now. Maybe you should like <laughs> wait a little bit so you can maybe afford both or delay one. So I don't know. Good luck to those people. I'm not on the show. <laughs> okay, so moving on, we're starting with an update to news that shook up the internet yesterday. Golf legend Tiger Woods is awake and responsive after undergoing surgery following a car crash on Tuesday. Woods's agent, Mark Steinberg, said he had multiple leg injuries. For context, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department responded to a rollover collision and extricated Woods from his SUV. Woods was then moved to a local hospital where he was in serious condition. 
at a press conference addressing the crash, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva said investigators had no evidence that Woods was impaired. And I think the reason why we are pointing to this impairment uh, thought here is because Tiger Woods has been involved in car accidents before due to substance uh, issues. Uh, Casey, I, I know you know this about me, but most people don't know this about me, but I'm incredibly passionate about the Tiger Woods um, as a mixed black person in America. This is the second time I've said this. This week on the show, I'm really going through something. I'm like, I'm not saying this a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm, I come from a big golfing family. Tiger Woods was an icon in my household. And you know what's become even more iconic in the later years of his life is his struggles with substance abuse, his inner turmoil with his own like family issues and stuff like that. So when this crack didn't happen, a lot of us that do follow Tiger Woods were like, oh no, is this like it was a few years ago? Is he going through another mental break uh, again? And, you know, we don't know any details, but we just hope that Tiger Woods is recovering well, as we know he's supposedly doing well, but I do not expect to see him on a golf course anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is tough. Like what you're saying is just like Tiger Woods is inspirational for so many people. It's not often that you see a black person golfing in a very white sport. So when something like this happens, it really just, it really stuns you. Yeah. And if anyone's interested in learning more about Tiger Woods and his cultural impact, go to HBO Max and watch the recent Tiger Woods documentary that he's not in. It's complicated. It's weird. <laughs> DM me if you want to talk about it, but it gives you a good like beginner's guide to why Tiger Woods is one of the greatest athletes that ever lived that we don't really talk about anymore. So as much as we used to. Meanwhile, if you've worked in any kind of service industry, you might have run into that customer. You know the ones, incredibly rude, don't tip well, all that bad stuff. Well, people are taking to a TikTok comment section to explain some ways they got back at those rude customers. Here are some of the most petty tactics we've come across. A bartender who gave back change in the smallest coins, a server who gave customers cold butter, even though room temperature butter was available, a deli worker who squishes together the cheese after she slices it so it becomes impossible to separate, and a barista who gave people decaf espresso shots. So this is your official PSA to be kind to people who are serving you as part of their jobs. Please don't be a jerk because your cheese may not be able to be separated. <laughs> These are seriously cracking me up. Because they're such small inconveniences, but they're just like when you work in the service industry, it's those little moments where you can mm -hmm. take control and like feel some sort of power. And yeah. I totally support it. I used to work at a bakery, but one of the things that I feel like who are underappreciated are hostesses. I was yes. a hostess at a restaurant, you know, and we're the first people you see. So if you bother us, oh boy, you're in for it the rest of the night. Because guess what? We talk to the servers. Yes. <laughs> we talk to the people making your food. <laughs> I do not know why people are so rude or awful to folks that they're paying to do something for them. Because you're just like cruising for a bruise in. You piss <laughs> off your hostess. She can go tell the chef to like pee in your coffee, give you something <laughs> cold. I don't know. Peeing in your okay, coffee. Okay, that is, is not the same. <laughs> you escalated to peeing in coffee from giving someone cold butter well, it's instead because, of room temperature. So, There's a difference, Zach. So peeing coffee is on my mind today uh, <laughs> for a real reason. I was watching uh, It's a Sin on HBO Max. Again, mm. I am not being paid by HBO. Big HBO is not funding this show. I don't know why I keep bringing it up. But there's a new show on HBO Max about the AIDS epidemic in London in 1981 and a character pees in Margaret Thatcher's coffee. And it was okay. hilarious. It, it does I, make sense why yes. that was on your brain. That does make me feel better, yes, to be honest. because Margaret Thatcher <laughs> was terrible to blue-collar people. So mm -hmm. this makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yes, she was. Uh, anyway. Uh. All right. So moving on. One thing that we know has taken off in past years is true crime documentaries. We all love them. And one that's grabbing a lot of attention is Netflix's crime scene vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. 
The series chronicles the disappearance and death of Elisa Lamb, which took place at the notorious Cecil Hotel located on Skid Row in Los Angeles. It's a story people have been obsessing over for years, largely due to a piece of surveillance video released after Elisa's disappearance that shows her behaving very strangely in the hotel elevator on the night she disappeared. The last footage that we had of her was inside the elevator. That's where the case starts to go askew. She kept looking outside the door. Why is the elevator not going anywhere? Is someone keeping her here? Her hand movements are very strange and erratic. Like she's conjuring a spirit. And spoiler alert, the series comes to a very logical conclusion that Elisa was experiencing a mental health crisis. She accidentally drowned and her body was found in one of the hotel's water tanks. But the show is still receiving a lot of criticism. Its makers are being accused of being less interested in revealing that truth than spinning up fodder for online message boards. It also seems to reinforce negative stigmas surrounding mental health. To discuss everything we're trying to grapple with in this series, we're talking with Eric Gumney. For Nerdus, he wrote the piece, Mental Health Problems Aren't Unsolved Mysteries. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Of course. All right. So there's been a lot of hype around this series. It tackles the death of a young woman, Elisa Lamb. And it's a case that online sleuths have been picking at mercilessly because there's a really bizarre piece of video attached to it. So what were your thoughts going into watching this series? Uh, going into it, I was actually pretty blind to the whole thing. Um, I was fairly new to true crime, kind of as a genre that wasn't something I've been watching for too long of a time. I didn't know anything about the Elisa Lamb case previously from 2013. So I had no real expectations. It was honestly kind of a pandemic watch, showed up on Netflix. I was like, that seems interesting. Let's go for it. And I was drawn in by like the spookiness that they seem to be selling it as. And uh, But once we started watching, I realized that's not at all really what the case was. I almost immediately became a little more critical and started watching it that way. So true crime documentaries are often controversial, but usually it's because we may not agree with the conclusion they draw. But that's not the issue you take with this one. You agree that, yes, she probably died of an accidental drowning during a psychotic break. But can you elaborate on the issue that did bother you the most with the documentary? Yeah, it was it was really just the representation of her bipolar disorder um, just throughout up until maybe the last half hour, 15 minutes of this four hour documentary. They really sold it as a much bigger and darker mystery than it actually was. When, when they first discovered she was missing, they checked her hotel room and they kind of discovered that she had left bipolar medication behind. And I mean, that was the trigger for me where immediately I was like, well, that's obviously what this is. To some extent, you can't just ignore that. And it also was kind of a conclusion they reached later on. But for three and a half hours, they talked about anything but that. And they really drew in a lot of conspiracy theories. And like you said, the web sleuths who were picking it apart and you know screaming about cover-ups and looking for anything other than what ended up being the actual reason for her, her disappearance and her drowning. And that video of, of the elevator, that was another one where I think that's what drew a lot of people in. That's what kind of caused the, oh, she's being pursued. It led to other conspiracies because it was, it was eerie. But personally, as someone who did once have a psychotic break, I knew exactly what that was the second I saw it. It was very clear that she was not operating in the same reality as, you know, she was in. She was somewhere else. And I just, I think that was kind of obvious if you've experienced it or been around it. And the fact that the documentary kind of ignored that connection for as long as possible was 
um, that just seemed egregious to me. Right, right. Well, we'll be right back to talk more with Eric about what Netflix focused on and what they really missed in this docu-series that has everyone talking. Stay tuned. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. I'm Jake Halpern, host of Deep Cover. Our new season is about a lawyer who helped the mob run Chicago. We controlled the courts. We controlled absolutely everything. He bribed judges and even helped a hitman walk free. Until one day when he started talking with the FBI and promised that he could take the mob down. I've spent the past year trying to figure out why he flipped and what he was really after. From my perspective, Bob was too good to be true. There's got to be something wrong with this. I wouldn't trust that guy. He looks like a little scumbag liar, stool pigeon. He looked like what he was, a rat. I can say with all certainty, I think he's a hero because he didn't have to do what he did, and he did it anyway. The moment I put the wire on the first time, my life was over. If it ever got out, they would kill me in a heartbeat. Listen to Deep Cover on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, There's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Eric Gumney about the new Cecil Hotel series streaming on Netflix. So, Eric, it's also kind of upsetting that they don't just demonize Elisa's mental health struggles, but they also paint the people living in the area around the hotel in Skid Row as villains and as possible suspects before fully coming clean that, yeah, they really had nothing to do with it. And, you know, full disclosure for everyone listening, I live blocks away from this hotel and watching this, I was like, the hell? My neighborhood is okay. We're a complicated place like everywhere else, but we're all not like trying to kill young tourists right now. So, Eric, what was the reason to string that storyline across all these episodes to really focus on Skid Row as like this really dangerous place for folks coming there? And again, I really, it seemed in a way just as one more thing to perpetuate this myth of there actually being a crime involved. It was a little frustrating because they were so close to actually being on point with this and doing a good job of discussing the systemic failures and the, of, uh, you know, the city and mental health issues that were at hand. But then again, like you said, they, they paint them all as villains all of a sudden. Like it's just drug addicts and murderers there instead of actually having any sympathy for the residents of Skid Row. They used it as a way to excuse the hotel 
from really looking into Elisa Lam's disappearance or helping her. I think they even said, you know, she ran through the lobby at one point, said she was crazy and not doing well, and everyone just shrugged it off. And then the documentary seemed to use Skid Row as the excuse for that. Yeah, and they like it, just for people who haven't seen it, like I was watching this and they're like, yeah, she may have gone and done meth and she may have done all these drugs and all the stuff. And they're like, wait, we know that she's on medication upstairs, that she is going through her own struggles personally. Why are we projecting all this imagination onto a place around you? <laughs> This isn't the first time you've seen true crime programs really reinforce some negative or harmful stigmas around mental illness. What was your issue with the Unsolved Mystery reboot? Well, that was kind of my first step into the true crime genre, so I don't have more beyond that. I'm sure there are, though, because in at least three Unsolved Mysteries cases, uh, Jack Wheeler, his episodes, they mention he has bipolar disorder And then they just kind of ignore it because his family doesn't want to accept that something could have happened regarding that. Ray Rivera, they very briefly dance with the possibility that he might be schizophrenic or have some other kind of undiagnosed illness. But again, his family doesn't believe it, so they just push past it. And then there was even the Lady in the Lake episode with Joanne Romaine. One night, she pulls up, she disappears and is found down a river a few days later, deceased. So, of course, they're like, well, that could have been suicide, and nobody wants to believe it, so they push past that as well. And it's just this erasure of it as a possibility. Even though, again, in the Jack Wheeler case specifically, he has been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, he is on medication for it, and then, much like the Elisa Lamb case, he seems to have misplaced or lost his medication. He goes to a pharmacy to get more, and he's just acting erratically, and then he kind of disappears and is found the next morning somewhere else. And it's from a broader scope, it's identical to Elisa Lamb's case and looks pretty much like he had a manic episode or some kind of break, but Unsolved Mysteries especially just doesn't consider it. And I get sometimes, in his case especially, he was a government official at one point and his family didn't really acknowledge it as a possibility, so Unsolved Mysteries may or may not have had their hands tied there. If the family's pushing all these other things, you don't really want to go into the family's wishes, which is actually kind of the other problem I had with um, the Cecil Hotel documentary, her family clearly knew what it was. They had reached the conclusion, her family, the police, um, psychoanalysts, they all kind of came to the conclusion that it was a break because of her bipolar disorder. And then the documentary just really ignored that and pushed all these other things, even though this particular case had been solved. Um, and so that's, I think, it's it's a general issue where no one really wants to address mental health issues when I guess you could talk about ghosts or Russian boogeymen or whatever you're getting into with it. It seems like television, especially, is obsessed with trying to make these stories as sexy as possible to get people to watch. Um, And for me, it's really frustrating to see this happen because the reality of what these people are going through is incredibly sad and we should be talking about this. And I know you mentioned at the top of the show that you've experienced your own psychotic break um, and had your own experiences in this space. But So do you think in television, like, what's the best route for us telling these stories? Should we, like, really let these things end? Or, like, what's the best route for us to actually deal with mental health in really interesting cases like Elisa Lamb? Because her story did captivate the world and it should be talked about, but we need to probably talk about it different. So what are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that's just exactly, it just needs to be handled differently. Um, Elisa Lamb's case and specifically, yeah, it was a, a bigger issue. It went national. Um, I, I understand that the web sleuths were kind of a part of the story, but I don't think you get to relish in the nonsense that they're offering. I think that's, you just need to be more honest about it, essentially. If everyone has reached the conclusion that this was um, an accidental drowning, and it was related to her not taking her medications, that needs to be addressed and not 
pushed to the side in favor of all these other things. I just think it's, it's, it's a matter of being honest. It's just a matter of addressing it more directly as opposed to trying to find the craziest things you can to get more ratings. You know, if, if you want to talk about the Cecil Hotel, historically, you can't also have a discussion of mental illness. Those are two different things. They just tried to do kind of too much, I guess. Like I said, there were moments, they had historians, it was very close to being a good look at mental illness and how it could cause a disappearance, but they really just they just tried to make it sexier, they added all the other things, and really played up the mystery when at this point it wasn't one anymore. Well, Eric, thank you so much for your thoughtfulness here and walking us through the series that we do hope people bring uh, more awareness to as they consume it on Netflix. Yeah, thank you. That's it for today. Join us tomorrow for a chat about gender reveal parties with the woman who created them. And remember, marriage and mortgage are two genders according to Netflix and capitalism. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Thunderstruck. Adjective. Shocked and amazed by the power of fun on Carnival. Riding Bolt, the world's first roller coaster at sea, Brian got thunderstruck so hard, his 93-year-old grandmother felt it 3,000 miles away in Nebraska and immediately booked a cruise. Hooray! Get thunderstruck starting at 289. Carnival. Choose fun. Cruises are in U.S. dollars per person, double occupancy. Taxes, fees, and port expenses additional. Restrictions apply. Full details on Carnival.com. Ships Registry, Bahamas, Panama. Thursday, February 10th. Kick off Super Bowl 56 weekend with host Keegan-Michael Key. Find out who will be named the AP Most Valuable Player. Delivered by Pizza Hut, the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Presented by Nationwide and more. Plus, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2022 delivered with Uber Eats will be revealed. NFL Honors, presented by Invisalign. Thursday, February 10th at 9 Eastern, 8 Central on ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN+. All times live except in the Pacific Time Zone. This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week, I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.